Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. The Easter story is really about a clash between two world powers. It was a face-off between the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven. I'm calling episode 60, Two Worlds, One Choice. One Easter Sunday, the Sunday school teacher of the junior boys class asked if anyone knew the story of Easter. One little boy, who was usually trouble, raised his hand. With some level of trepidation, the teacher called on him and asked him to go ahead and tell the Easter story. So he began. He said, Some people nailed Jesus to a cross. Well, the teacher thought, Okay, so far so good. Then Jesus died on the cross. Okay. People took him off the cross and put him in a cave. Wow, yeah, this is going great. They rolled a big rock to close off the cave. Okay, okay, go kid, go. Then on the third day, Jesus came out of the cave. Oh, yes, oh, he's got it, he's got it. But the little boy wasn't finished. He said, Then Jesus saw his shadow and went back into the cave, and they had six more weeks of winter. Aren't we glad that Jesus didn't go back into the cave, and that he lives? And because he lives, we have the promise of eternal life with him? You know, folks celebrate Easter in several different ways. Easter egg hunts and family get-togethers and good food and maybe even a new Easter outfit. But there is one fact that has changed the world for more than 2,000 years that makes up the origin story of Easter. Matthew 28 verse 5 says, The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. There's an old song we used to sing on Easter that said, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is risen, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me a long life's narrow way. He lives. He lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. In last week's episode, we talked about Jesus' triumphal entry to Jerusalem, where he was welcomed as a king But Jesus knew that it would be a short-lived celebration. The mass of ordinary folks who were cheering Jesus saw him as someone who cared about them, someone who listened to them, who loved them. And it was very easy for them to see Jesus as a Savior or even to believe that he could be the long-awaited Messiah. 
But those who had acquired earthly power and important positions saw Jesus much differently. They saw him as a threat to their sense of order. The religious leaders of the day had worked out a power-sharing agreement with the Roman government, and the crowds that Jesus drew worried them. And when they felt that Jesus didn't give them the honor that they felt they deserved, they decided that he must be dealt with for the good of everybody. And we know that when a power-hungry leader says that something is for the good of everybody, what they really mean is that it is good for the folks that think like me. The high priest Caiaphas said, You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die than the whole nation perish. Jesus, of course, knew what they were plotting, and he knew that they would be successful. What Caiaphas didn't know was that what he said was mostly true, but it was true in a way much different than what he had intended. Their whole nation, and indeed the whole world, was perishing, but it was not because Jesus was walking around upsetting the established order. The world was perishing because our sin kept us separated from our holy God, and only the perfect sinless sacrifice of Jesus, giving his life for us, would deliver us from perishing. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Caiaphas thought he was preserving his earthly power by silencing the one who called him out. But Caiaphas was being used as a pawn by the power of heaven to carry out God's plan to secure the offer of salvation for the entire world. And this whole story really is about a battle between earthly power and heavenly power. Jesus knew all of this. And as he approached his last few days, look what he did. It is a popular exercise to think about what you would do if you knew that you only had one day left on earth. Some would do something risky like going skydiving, or there might be some people that they wanted to tell off, or Maybe there's someone they wanted to make up with, make amends with someone. Some would just eat all of the junk food that they'd been denying themselves. But what did Jesus do? He washed feet. John chapter 13 verse 3 says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You know, usually the lowliest of servants was given the task of washing the dusty, dirty feet of the dinner guests. But Jesus, who knew that he had all of the power of heaven available to him, took the place of the lowly servant. This, John chapter 13, continues. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is a very clear example of the use of heavenly power. You know, earthly power works to attain status so that you will be catered to. Heavenly power looks for the opportunity to serve others. Jesus served even the one who betrayed him. Yes, Judas had already made the bargain to turn Jesus into the authorities, and Jesus knew it. And he still washed the feet of his betrayer. Then, just a few hours later, after being humiliated and abused by the Jewish court and the high priest, Jesus stood before Pilate, who was the Roman representative overseeing the area around Jerusalem. It was a face-off between the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven. Although Pilate could see no violations that Jesus was guilty of, the Jewish leaders wouldn't drop their obsession with seeing Jesus destroyed. So Pilate had Jesus beaten for no other reason than to try to shut the people up. His goal was to keep peace even at the expense of an innocent man because he didn't want his higher-ups to question his ability to govern this area. Earthly power gave a beating to an innocent man to appease the crowd. Jesus' heavenly power took a beating to save the world. Earthly power inflicts pain on those who oppose them, but Jesus' heavenly power washed the feet of the one who betrayed him. Earthly power justifies whatever is necessary to destroy your critics, but Jesus' heavenly power caused him to be destroyed to save his critics. Earthly power comes and goes. The Roman Empire is no more. Pilate's been gone a long time now. The Jewish council and the high priest who forced Jesus' crucifixion, they're all dead. Every governmental system, every military power, every world power rules for a time, and then their time passes. World history is full of stories of nations, conquerors, heroes, dictators, and ideologies that might have brought in a golden age of progress or maybe a reign of terror, but now they are no more. Earthly power is not eternal, but the power of heaven is. It has withstood the centuries because God is eternal. So the reason that we celebrate this Easter, the reason that there is a church, the reason that we have hope is that Jesus and his heavenly power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We celebrate Easter because Jesus was crucified to bear the penalty of our sins. Not because we were such good people and deserved it, but because he loved us even in our sin. He loved us before we knew him. He loved us when we thought he was our enemy. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can have hope because Christ is risen. Death could not hold him. He overcame death, and he has promised us eternal life with him.
and His Holy Spirit lives in every believer as a deposit ensuring that He will come back. You know, Jesus didn't have to go through that agony. The scripture that we read earlier in John chapter 13 said that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power. He could have bailed at any time. But the reason He came to earth was to endure the unspeakable agony of the cross because He loved us. The Jewish leaders thought that their earthly power had solved their problem when Jesus died. Pilate thought that Jerusalem would get peaceful again. This show of earthly power made friends of two groups of political rivals as they both got what they wanted. They thought it was over. But it was just beginning. The worst thing that they could do to Jesus was to kill him. But the worst thing Jesus could do to them was to die. And now he lives. And one day soon, he will come for all who believe in him. And at that last gathering of disciples, Jesus said this, John chapter 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Don't fall for the promises of earthly power. Don't get trapped into trusting that the right government system or the right ideology will protect you. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Follow Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Make that confession one of joy and not one of sad recognition. His death on the cross was for your salvation. The beating he took was for your healing. And his resurrection was for your eternal future with him. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.